Sabbath uh, greetings to everyone. And this is the second in my series on the blessed body of Jesus Christ. And this is part two of my series. And today is the seventh day of the Passover week. And for a quick review, let's go back to part one. I discuss how Christ is the bread of life, which we must eat daily. Christ himself said, he is the bread of life, which came down from heaven. And we must eat his flesh and drink his blood to get eternal life. And he will raise us up in the last day. Notice he said the last day he's going to raise us up. He didn't say nothing in the beginning or so on. But he said the last day. Keep that in mind. The people became offended at him because he explained that his words are spirit and truth. Because he said that, you got to eat my blood, drink, eat my body, and drink my blood. Now Christ, who is the word of God, it is his teaching of the doctrine of truth we must accept and live by to be saved from damnation. We must keep all his commandments because it is the everlasting gospel. Today, part two of my testimony will be about the life in the blood of Jesus. As you recall, in John 6, 54 and 55, Jesus said, you must drink his blood as well as eat his flesh to get eternal life. Also, in explaining himself, he said, The words that I speak unto you are spirit, and they are life. And you can find that in John 6, 63. Now, it is the spirit of God that quickens and brings forth life in the flesh. Life is in the blood. It is in the blood of Jesus. Jesus have blood. A lot of people don't realize that. Christ, you have blood. God on that throne, all of them have blood. And we are made in their image. And it is also in the blood of common man. Life is there. It is in the blood of animals and birds and fish. Life quickens. And make things move. That's what quickening means, to make you move. When a mother is having her baby, soon she feels that fluttering, you know, she said, oh, that's a quick, the baby's alive. You know, I can feel life again. Therefore, it is written, you should not eat the blood of animals or fowls when they are killed for food. That's found in the book of 1713. You should pour out the blood and cover it with dust. Because it is written in Leviticus 17, 17, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth, that soul shall be cut off. Now let's consider. The blood is the vehicle which carries the spirit of life throughout the body, pumped by the heart. That's how the Lord communicates to you, that 
life, in your heart. The Lord said, I will set my face against that soul that eateth blood and cut him off from among the people. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. It is the blood that makes the atonement for the soul. Well, what about people who eat blood? Eat blood pudding and liver rust. Liver rust made with blood. And people who are vampires. Drinking human blood. Anybody that drinks human blood is no more than a vampire. And, and, and they have human sacrifices and the eating of blood. The Lord hate those people for their bodacious sin against his word. Now let us go back and see what Hebrews 9.22 says. It said, it is written, almost, almost all things by law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Remission means the end of sin. But to purge me, it is to remove death and the potential for sin out of your flesh. Now what does almost mean? All things are not purged by blood. All things. When, because he said almost all things. But there are some things that are not purged by blood. When there is sin in your life, you cannot receive the blood of eternal life. You must do something to be worthy of being purged by God. When you have sinned, you must go to God on your bended knees asking forgiveness for sin. You must become godly, sorrowful, and repent. Christ is our reconciliation to the Father. Christ is the forgiver for sin. When you have proven yourself, he will purge and make you pure and white without spot or ring. First, you get on the foundation of righteousness by keeping all his commandments and resisting the devil with temptations to sin. Sin, we all know, is the transgression of the law. The law of God. So by reading and knowing what the law says, which tells you what to do and what not to do, you can resist the temptation to sin because you know what sin is. It's in your mind. The first step into getting on the foundation of Christ, you have to get rid of the old you that's in sin. Cut it off. By drinking the sincere milk of the word of God to grow back. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2 says, Land aside malice, hatred, and all God, which is lies and deceit, hypocrisies and envies, and, and uh, all uh, evil speaking. So, as newborn babes that desire the sincere milk of the word to grow by. This is what Peter's saying. You got to get rid of all that stuff in you. That's the old you. Put it 
you know. This is the basic foundation to grow up with knowledge of the truth to have strong bones and be able to stand in faith and resist and sin. This is about the crucifixion. Now when Christ was crucified, he was so bruised and abused so badly he began to bleed out profusely. He was so weak he couldn't carry his cross. Hours before he was scourged by Pilate, which is about 40 strikes. Some of those whips have nails and steel in them to tear off the flesh. Christ had thorns on his head, dripping with blood, and he also they pulled his hair out in another scripture. They did that. He was beat and slapped in the face and head. There was a tremendous loss of blood and fluid as he went to Golgotha, the place of his crucifixion. Then they put nails in his hand and feet and thrust his cross in a hole. Can you imagine? Releasing more blood to the ground. And then he was on that cross six hours, bleeding out in severe pain and agony. Then after his death, the soldiers cut in his side Jagged, cut, nicking all the organs that carries the, the richest heart, blood of Christ. And some of the organs were used in sacrificial offering. These were some of the organs that they cut in. That's why they did what they did. They are the spleen, the kidneys, the liver, the lungs, the oedo, the heart, the omentum, which is the lining of the abdominal cavity. With this cut, it released the last blood and water from Christ's body to hit the ground. And his blood, which is eternal life, dropped to the ground, affecting all things in this earth, the land, the sea, and all fountains of water, the sun, the moon, the stars, it affected his old, whole creation from the beginning to the end. His blood, which is, et is eternal, carries within it a blessing and a curse. It is a two-edged sword because it is the word of God unchanged. When a child of God dies, he turns back into the seed. The seed goes in the, into the ground. It is his soul, but his flesh turns back into dust. The seed of God anchors itself to the blood of Jesus Christ that was spilt in the ground and it is sealed to receive the eternal life in the first resurrection. That's why Christ said, you have to eat my body and drink my blood and I will raise you up in the last day. 
and this is what's happening in the last day. Those who are dead, they're anchored to the blood of Jesus. Now, it is Christ that have the keys to death and hell and will open up the graves for those who sleep in Jesus to receive a celestial body at his coming. Immediately when he comes, you will be, you will get the new body. Now those who are alive to see him come will be sealed, will be sealed alive during the great wrath of God upon this earth. It will be the remembrance of Egypt again when the Lord hit the earth with plagues and many devastation. So in conclusion, this sealing will begin when the saints of God began to cry out against the abomination that is done in the earth when the Lord gives us a sign, a time. When sin reaches its peak, as in the days of Noah and Lot, which we're seeing right now. Go to read Ezekiel 9 chapter, Revelation 7, 1 to 9, and Revelation 14, uh, 1 to 5. The blood of Jesus, remember this, is a two-edged sword, which, and in it there's life eternal for the saints of God and death for the wicked. Now part three will be I will do more give more information about the water and blood of Jesus Christ coming from his side. Amen.